there was nothing in Al Capone's vault, but it wasn't Geraldo's fault. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful people. Welcome to another edition of the Take It to the Max Movie Podcast, episode 38 for the week of July. I don't know. What is, was it like Independence Day a few days ago? The days are just sort of rolling into one another. Because America, I'm just it's always uh, Independence Day. Yeah, uh, if you're, you know, a Bible Belt patriot, uh, some of the people down there are very overzealous. We make uh, Oscar Wilde weep for humanity. But anyways, uh, that's a reference that uh, only super nerds would get. It's We're talking about movies, so anyways, how's it going, guys? It's good to be with you all again. Sorry there was an episode last week. I don't know if um, any of the people that listen to this show listen to the Honey Badger shows that I do on Honey Badger Radio. But my mic decided to have some problems, Mm -hmm. so I had to get another cable, and then we couldn't record. Thankfully, now I have one that seems to work, and we're here today uh, recording one show before I go off for a week on vacation to Austria to meet the love of my life. But (laughs) before I go and do that, let me introduce to you guys another lovely lady who has been with me ever since the very beginning. She is pun master, she is living Disney princess, and more than one way, and I'm not just talking about her hair. <laughs> she is Sam, also known as just semantics. Sam, you just got back from a movie, didn't you? I did. I am yes. uh, fresh as of an hour ago after watching Spider-Man Homecoming. So right I've on. got it all still in the back of my head. Now I know all the details and I won't spoil Good. anything, I promise. Good. It's been a couple of days since I've seen it, and maybe Sam will be able to provide me uh, a bit of a refresher as to what we both saw while watching this movie. Uh, yeah, I figure we might as well just jump right into yeah, it. Sure. I mean, I will do a bit of housekeeping towards the end of the episode as to what this channel is going to be doing for the week while I'm away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam, it might be doing a video for me Uh, but like i said we'll get into that uh, when we get towards the end let's just jump right into the review for spider-man homecoming so spider-man probably my all-time favorite comic book character Mm -hmm. i yeah ever since i was a little kid i used to watch the 60s cartoons the 90s cartoons where peter parker was an adult you know uh loved the storylines from that particular cartoon, especially the Venom storyline. Mm. But we won't get into that drama. <laughs> uh, let's just talk about Spider-Man Homecoming, which is a story now about Peter Parker in high school, which is where all of his greatest stories are arguably contained. Mm-hmm. It's finally back within the uh, purview of Marvel Studios. That way he gets to interact with several characters, as you may see from looking at the posters. He gets to be with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff to expect from this movie, making sure that it tells a great story for Peter Parker, making sure that it works well within the current cinematic universe, making sure that the two studios that are working on it, Sony and Marvel, were able to collaborate together well creatively. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll give my opinions on this in a second. I just want to go to Sam because the movie is freshest in her mind. Yeah. Sam, you have the floor. General impressions. What did you think of this movie? Well, um, first of all, off of your last comment there um just so people know and i've said it before in the show but just so refresher um marvel was in charge of the creative aspect for this film primarily i'm sure sony was consulted in some regard to make them feel important but for the most part uh marvel wrote created um and molded this um probably amazing film and hopefully you all agree with me but i think it's pretty great and sony was in charge of the distribution the marketing more of the administrative sections that is 
not too hard to fuck up <laughs> um, if you just shove Marvel and Spider-Man down people's throats and all of the fanboys and girls go crazy. And they did, with good reason. So I really enjoyed this film. Um, it did some interesting things for Peter Parker. First of all, he actually looks like he belongs in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. as do the rest of the cast. Very diverse mm-hmm. cast, which I really like since he lives in the heart of New York City, which is one of the most diverse cities in the world. Well represented there. Uh, one of my biggest complaints or concerns going into the film was that we saw a lot of Tony Stark in the trailer, and I think that yeah. that was mostly just sort of to get people who are fans of Tony Stark to come see this film. He doesn't, he plays an important role, but it is a Spider-Man movie first and foremost, so if that is a concern of yours, do not worry about that going into this. Um, I would also say it's very funny. A lot of the jokes that you saw in the trailer don't actually make it into the film. There are a couple, yeah. but they did the old Deadpool trick where since his face is covered with a mask, they can do jokes in the trailer that are completely different from the one in the film, which is very nice because you get a laugh before and you get a laugh during and it's a new laugh. It's not like, oh, I've seen this before, so I'm laughing because I expected this sort of thing. Um, I would say... Story-wise, it's very, very well strung together. Uh, Pun master extraordinary here. (laughs) And uh, there was a couple nods to the... It's too late for that, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple nods to the old, uh, or the previous incarceration, incarnations? I don't know what to call that, what word that is I'm looking for. Incarnations. Incarnations, thank you. And which were kind of funny. Um, There's something with a crane off the beginning that is obviously a nod to the amazing Superman, or Spider-Man. Um, that I really enjoyed. I would say my biggest gripe with this is that uh, Donald Glover does not get nearly enough screen time for the amount Mm. of press time he got uh, promoting this film. Now, maybe he'll have a bigger role in Homecoming 2. Oh, he will. Hopefully. He will. Um, He actually... There were rumors floating around that he mentioned that he has a nephew, and that rumor was that it was Miles Davis. Miles Davis or Miles? Wasn't it Miles Morales? Miles Morales. Thank Miles, you. Davis. Like, Miles Davis is the jazz musician. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that name sounds familiar, but not in this context is it right? Um, so yeah, in the and he does mention that he has a nephew, though he doesn't name him specifically, um, and that's mm. not spoilery, I promise. But yeah, overall, very good, very well done, very solid. The best Spider-Man movie, in my opinion, that I have seen. Um, I, I know people love the first one with Tobey Maguire, but I think this is a top contender for that in the spidey, sticky places of your heart. The sticky places of my heart. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, I guess it's no secret. I think this movie is fantastic. Yeah. But just going off what you just finished saying there, as far as all the other Spider-Man movies that came before it, I'm not willing to say that it is as good as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. But just understand that I'm a little bit biased because out of all the comic book movies I've seen in my lifetime, Spider-Man 2 is probably my third favorite comic book movie ever made. Mm. So just keep that in mind when you're considering the opinion that I'm giving. I still believe that, aside from that film, this is the best Spider-Man movie we've ever had. Mm-hmm. All the things that you said, obviously the the, the the story that they chose to tell was Peter Parker being in high school. 
just trying to get across the struggles of what it means to be Spider-Man, to be a kid, to be a superhero, to be uh, a burgeoning genius, to, uh, you know, trying to balance that out with, uh, you know, your hormonal desires, <laughs> uh, just to be rebellious and stuff like that, and to go off and do what you want rather than do what is probably the best, most intellectual decisions in a particular circumstance. Mm -hmm. And they captured that beautifully. Uh, Also, just what you said about Tony Stark, obviously I, too, was a bit worried as to whether or not he would be overly included in this particular movie. Mm -hmm. He's there for the exact perfect amount of time. Yeah, I agree. This movie is very much Spider-Man's movie. I, I would estimate that Tony is in the movie as much if not less as Spider-Man was in Civil War. Mm -hmm. And when he's there, the emotional beats and the humorous beats that he adds add to the film in purely positive ways. As of this moment, I'm a little bit surprised, and neither of us have actually mentioned Michael Keaton's performance Yeah, I was thinking that. I was was going... I didn't want to, you know, bogart the mic too much and and take over. No, please. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I thought Michael Keaton did a really great job. Um, The way they decided to begin the film was interesting. It wasn't a bad or a wrong choice or, you know, an amazing or stellar choice. It was was Mm. a good storytelling choice. And him as a bad guy is fantastic, of course. It's Michael Keaton, very talented actor. He features in it more than you think he would, which I think works really well because we understand Mm. his side and his story and sort of why he is doing what he's doing. He he does it in a, a way that he realizes isn't the best way to get it done, but it's the fastest. And we learn in the beginning he's sort of like forced into this line of work that he's in. And he does it purely because family comes first and he wants to support his family. And that is his biggest through line. And it's interesting because it complements Peter Parker so well because his story is he wants to protect those that he cares about. I mean, most superheroes do. And so it's sort of difficult for him to fight Michael Keaton on this. And I will quickly add that the multiple bad guys that we have, um, the shocker is thrown in there, but it works uh, very well. It's it's not a Spider-Man 3 situation and no way. Yeah, in no way at any point in this movie was I, uh, what's the proper word, giggling at the fact that this villain's name is the Shocker. Yeah. In fact, he is quite terrifying when <laughs> he's on the screen. There was no taser uh, face but, from Game, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, in respect to Michael Keaton, I, I believe for all the reasons that you said, uh, in comparison to all the other villains that we've gotten in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'd be... I think it's pretty safe to say that his performance as the Vulture and the character of the Vulture mm-hmm. is probably one of the best. If, well, I wouldn't say the best. I'd still say the best villain that we've had in the MCU so far is Loki. Yeah. But he's pretty close. He's very and I never cool thought that looking. I'd... His look is very sleek. I really liked it. Yeah, it doesn't look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, you know, how the hell are you going to do the Vulture in a Spider-Man movie without making it look stupid? Yeah. Because if you look at the Vulture uh, costume from the comics or even the TV show... It's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but they make it look contemporary. He makes it, uh, Marvel makes it look terrifying. Mm-hmm. And probably one of my instant favorite moments from any MCU movie was in this movie. And it's not exactly a spoiler because you see this briefly in the trailer. Where he's perched on the you sign? See, no, it's not where he's perched on the sign. It's uh, where Michael Keaton, you see him sitting in a car and he sort of turned back to addressing somebody in the back seat and he's saying, don't mess with me, I'll come after your family. 
I it it takes a lot to get me like clutching the edge of my seat <laughs> and just you know just completely still because I'm just absolutely frightened by what I'm seeing on screen. Yeah. But holy crap, that one little monologue that he gives in that in that scene, I was just terrified. I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is awesome. Yeah, well, he's the perfect compliment to Peter Parker's youth and inexperience. I mean, even mm-hmm. just acting. Of course, Tom Holland has been in, you know, a few things before, but then Michael Keaton just brings this such like just gravitas to the gravitas. screen. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's it's and it's it works perfectly with the characters because in some exchanges he basically says to Spider Man that, you know, you you're young, you don't get it yet, but you will get it. But I get it because I've I've lived this long, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, and it's just so good. Yeah, and the way it wraps up uh, at the end, I, I won't spoil anything, but it mm-hmm. just it gives you so many different dimensions to his character. Yes. Uh, that that sort of um, moral conundrum, like just trying to find the goodness within him and try to embrace that rather than fall into the uh, the throes of negativity and um, resentment for the burden of being that you almost have with Loki. Cause you know, on the one hand he wants to take over the universe and rule earth, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, he's just, he's just wants to impress his father. And if he can get his respect, then he'd probably not be <laughs> completely maniacal all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, aside from that. Yeah. Obviously you get all the same stuff that you'd expect from a Marvel movie. Great action, great humor, mm-hmm. Uh, all the you know, all performances across the board are great. Um, there's a couple things that I can't really discuss right. about this movie without spoiling anything. Okay. But let let me just say this: there's this one character in the movie named Michelle, <laughs> and what they did with her, I hate it. Oh, I hated I it. I thought you might disagree with that choice. Oh no! It's not, it's not for the reason why I don't like it. Isn't for the reason that people might jump to. Okay. But I it just it completely fell out of place. I did not like the character from the beginning. Yeah. I'll just say that. But everybody else, uh, you know, like the side character Ned, he completely steals the movie. I can't wait to see more of him. Sort of like it's sort of like the character that Michael Pena plays in Ant Man, mm-hmm. where he just he. Every single time that he's on screen, you can just expect to be entertained. Yeah, he's you know he's I mean? very good. I don't have. Did we have like a buddy for Spider Man before in the other two versions? Um, because I feel like he hasn't quite had that. He's he's sort of been on his own. The comedic foil. Yeah. Yeah, like like in this case, Peter Parker has someone to soundboard ideas off of. I mean, it's revealed in the trailer that Ned knows that he's Spider Man. Um, yeah. Of course, how he finds out is amazing, and it's <laughs> it's 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 interesting because it it gives sort of instead of him just talking to himself in his room by himself, it gives him someone else to interact with. Ned is sort of the fanboy to he's he's yeah. he's us on the screen, constantly asking Peter about you know the Avengers and everything else. Um, and I will say, I think we're sort of wrapping up here, but uh, the last thing I will say is you want to stay yeah. for the after credit scene, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> 
absolutely. There's such there's such a great payoff. Yeah. There's there's two after credits. There's one mid credit scene and there's one at the very mm-hmm. end, and the payoff is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, overall, I'll just say yeah. There's a couple things that I didn't like. Obviously, the character of Michelle played by Zendaya. I did not like the character of Flash Thompson either. I thought that he felt a little bit artificial. I didn't really believe that he'd be that much of a bully. And a couple other things in terms of pacing, but ap- overall, absolutely fantastic work mm-hmm. from both Sony and Marvel. I highly recommend you go see it. I'm actually probably going to go see it again tomorrow. I like it that much because my dad and I wanted to see a movie before I head off to uh, you know 6,000 miles around the world. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10. Please go see it at your earliest convenience. Sam, what about you? I would say 8.5, like really leaning towards mm. a 9 out of 10. Of course, I am just fresh out of the theater. I haven't had a few days to think about it, but I think that number will pretty much stay where it is. I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, and I can't wait to see how this story continues on in the further movies. And uh, speaking of the movies that are coming up, mm-hmm. a piece of news that I want <laughs> Segway City. Nice, like a piece it. of news that I wanted to address uh, from uh, interestingly enough a Canadian publication, the Toronto hey, Sun. Represent. Yeah, represent I came across this a couple days ago, and I found this kind of interesting, especially after what we learn about Spider-Man and the future of the MCU uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming. There was an interview that the Toronto Sun conducted with uh, Kevin Feige, our lord and savior, the CEO (laughs) over at Marvel Studios, uh, where they asked him a bunch of different questions about the movie and the character of Spider-Man moving forward into uh, the coming years regarding the MCU. And he was asked about Spider-Man's story arc... Jesus, is it starting to rain outside? Do you hear that shit? No, I can't. I have big headphones on. Uh, okay, I have big headphones on too, and I was able to hear that. Okay, well, thanks <laughs> for you guys being here. Yeah, sorry for my ADHD. Uh, it's I, I get it pretty bad. Uh, so, in respect to the interview, he was asked about Spider-Man's story arc in the coming years mm-hmm. and what we can expect him to go through. And Kevin actually said that at the moment he has a five-story arc, and he addresses uh, what movies that's going to take place in. So obviously we have Spider-Man: Homecoming, we have we oh no wait, Civil War, Civil War yep. Spider-Man: Homecoming, Avengers: Infinity War, mm-hmm. then the untitled Avengers movie, which comes out in 2019, yep. and then Spider-Man: Homecoming Two. Well, it won't be called Homecoming yeah, Two. That's it's what just that's it a tentative title. Yeah. That's going to be coming out in July of 2019, so two months after Avengers 4. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Homecoming 2 is going to be taking place right after the events. Like, not just, you know, like a couple months. Apparently, immediately after the events. We have to wait a couple months, <laughs> but in 4. movie world, it'll be immediately after. <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting because... <sighs> it doesn't seem like he wants to address anything beyond the Sony deal that they have right now because the deal in regards to uh, Sony licensing out the rights to use a character of Spider-Man in the MCU, that's as far as it goes. Mm. But I guarantee to you, considering how well people are responding to this film and plus the fact that it made, what, $117 million this past weekend? Yeah. and. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's higher than Wonder Woman. I think that's higher than Logan. Mm. I might be wrong. Maybe I don't. I didn't actually uh, look at the numbers. Yeah, but it would be very much in the interest of both studios to continue the story I moving mean, forward. I mean, he was Plus, so popular after his briefest of stunts in Civil War that now that he mm-hmm. has his own film and people are loving it, it seems very hard that to believe that Marvel and Sony won't try and keep this gravy money train going. 
Yeah, and plus when Sony loses money over doing a Silver Sable and Black Cat movie, they'll need to <laughs> kiss up to Kevin Feige and say, hey, we kind of messed up here. We need some money. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Putting that up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but does this, do you think that maybe the reason why he's just saying this right now is because, you know, he saw us to work out the legal stuff before he can say, oh, yeah, we're going to be going on past homecoming too or do you actually think that that's going to be the end of it well i mean tom holland himself as an actor is signed on with marvel for six films and the five that you mentioned are the five that we know he's going to be in so Hmm. contractually he has to be in another marvel film uh either they'll you know revise the contract i guess if a deal with sony doesn't go through because that's out of tom's control but Hmm. it is you know and hopeful that maybe that could lead to something because you can't really have I mean I say you can't really have but Captain America was <laughs> uh, flame on guy the torch but you can't generally have an actor who plays something as prominent as Spider-Man play another character so a six film with Marvel in my mind is a six film with a Spider-Man in it um, yeah. so that's, that's very hopeful I mean I think it's very interesting um, they seem to be doing kind of the new 52 for I know that's DC, but they seem to be doing that for the cinematic yeah. universe here at Marvel because they've had, uh, they will by the end of the untitled Avengers film that comes after Infinity War have 22 films since 2008, which is considered the first film with Iron Man that kicked yeah. off this arc. And then Spider-Man is going to be the through character to kick off the next arc with Homecoming 2. I think that'd be wise. I think it'd be very wise because we all know for a fact that Robert Downey Jr.'s contract as Iron Man is up after Avengers And he doesn't want to do it anymore, and neither does Chris Evans. They're both getting up there in age, and it's just Robert Downey Jr. has said he wants to stop doing it before he feels like he, he can't do it anymore. Like he doesn't want to look bad and then stop doing it. He wants to go out sort of on the high. Exactly, and and that makes sense. I I have I I'd be willing to put money on the fact that he's going to die in this movie, and then I don't know, maybe they'll do like a uh, time travel thing where they'll introduce the character back into the MCU mm-hmm. by I don't know bringing him back from the past in forward in time with a new actor. Well, they always have that. Work out that. Didn't way. Shield have that? Uh, robot or cloning program or something, which is the reason that Nick Fury keeps coming back. What? Isn't that a thing? I feel like that's a thing from the comic books. I think I read about that forever ago. I mean, correct me in the uh, comments below. I'm, I was just about to say, like, in the movies? No, 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 no I don't in the think comics. So. No, I mean, they just, like, they have an out as far as if they want to go that route and explain, like, this yeah. is why Iron Man's back, but he looks different kind of thing. Well, well, that's the reason why, you know, the only person that has ever stayed dead in respect to the storylines at Marvel is Uncle Ben. Yeah. Because everybody just comes back to life at some point. <laughs> I mean, he keeps coming back, Uncle but ben. then he eventually dies again. It just doesn't, he can't stay alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Superman, I can't believe people actually believe that Superman would always stay dead when he fought Doomsday. Yeah. The other, uh, not in the not in BVS, but in the comics. Yeah. The other thing I want to add to this before we move on is um, an interesting theory I read is that in... Uh, Avengers, the first Avengers ensemble film, we sort of see Loki kind of prompt Tony Stark into creating this group, this saviors of the world sort of thing because he brings this extra dimension to Earth and Tony Stark along with Captain America, Thor and the rest think that they need to group together to basically protect the Earth from these supernatural beings and the writer who's a publication I didn't write down (laughs) said that perhaps Thanos will do the same for Spider-Man and like you say perhaps will kill Tony who 
in the trailers, you've seen it for Homecoming, I'm not spoiling anything, has become, is obviously some sort of a mentor figure for Hmm. uh, Peter Parker. So that is also another thing that perhaps will spur him into becoming maybe more of a leadership kind of um, role. He is pretty young still, so maybe not that storyline that comes from the comics I know is something where he's more of a leader um, and older, but it definitely is, is something that's out there that could probably help in justifying his new main role yeah it would be wise i mean if you're gonna be losing your two heavy hitters in iron man and captain america what better way to replace them than with spider-man arguably the greatest marvel character there Mm -hmm. is but anyways moving on from that particular story let's move on to this one uh baby driver i saw it as did i uh, last week on Wednesday. What did you think of it, Sam? I thought it was very good. I think if you don't... If you've seen any of Edgar Wright's other films and you did not like them, do not watch this film. You won't... Who the hell doesn't like Edgar Wright films? I, it's, it's I want to meet it's you. It's a style. It's a very... It's like if you don't like Wes Anderson's style, just for whatever reason, it doesn't click with you, then you're just not going to enjoy this film because the story is pretty much what you see in the trailer. It's You kind of know how it's going to end, how it's going to go, but... The fact that it's done in his hand and his techniques makes it fresh and sort of pop off the screen, not in a 3D cheesy way, but like in an actual, like, it just feels different, even though the story, when you break it down to its barest bones, is something we've seen multiple times before. I don't, I don't saying you don't like Edgar Wright films <laughs> is like saying you don't like lunch. <laughs> I agree with you, but there, I'm sure there are people out there who saw Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead and just didn't get it or didn't like it. So I'm saying to those people, if you watch those and you didn't like them, then don't watch this one. It's it's not worth your time. Hmm. Yeah, if you happen if you happen to be one of those people, please leave your comments in the comment section below, and uh, preferably, you know, leave your home address or something. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. But yeah, anyways, in respect to Baby Driver and my thoughts on it, I saw it last, uh, when did I see it? On the 5th? Yeah, on the, f- no. It, w- it would have been the night the it came out. Yeah. yeah, the 28th. I, oh God, I'm such a massive fan of Edgar Wright. I, I love all of his films, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, in respect to Baby Driver, I would say out of all the other films that he's done, I probably found myself being the least impressed with Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's still one of the best films that you could probably see in theaters right now and probably will see for the rest of the year. It's fantastic. So many different elements of it work. It's just so it's so classic Hollywood mm-hmm. in so many different ways where it's very uh, it, it's so hard to describe it unless you see the movie. It's like uh, at one point it's so subdued and everything is just all the drama and the comedy is just in the words and in the performances, but then you just get this great chase scene that sort of harkens back to the days of uh, the old Steve McQueen movies, mm-hmm. right? And the soundtrack for this movie, I want the soundtrack now. <laughs> I want it. It's on my iPod. I want to be listening to it when I'm on the plane heading to Vienna mm-hmm. on Tuesday. It's it's so damn good. After you guys have seen Spider-Man, which I recommend you go see first, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's the movie that's on everybody's mind right now. Please go see Baby Driver. Please go support original films like this. And anyways, the reason why I'm bringing up this particular uh, movie a f- couple weeks after it's come out is that, well, the director, Edgar Wright, he appeared on a podcast called The Empire Podcast. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the name of it. And he was asked about whether or not he would consider a Baby Driver sequel. And he replied that Sony has approached him, asking him if, you know, if there's any way that he could draft a story to make 
could happen, they would love to see him do it. And Edgar Wright, he didn't immediately write off the idea. He said there, the way that the movie was constructed, the world that he constructed uh, around the character of Baby, there's some room for him to be able to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I certainly got that impression when I was watching the movie. And I was surprised because normally when you watch Edgar Wright movies, even though you would want to see a sequel, mm-hmm. the stories are sort of tied up in a nice little bow but with the characters that were introduced in the world that was sort of created i think that there's a couple different interesting ways that uh baby driver sequel can go what do you think sam i think that edgar wright is known as a director who doesn't make sequels now people will argue and say they have he has the cornetto trilogy but if you've actually seen the trilogy you know it's in fact not a one-to-one trilogy it's more of it's kind of like a marvel universe thing where it takes place in the same sort of world, but the characters don't always interact. I guess that's kind of a bad example because the Marvel characters always interact. But that's the idea is it's it's kind of like like that more like what Cloverfield was trying to do, that sort of thing where it's. Yes. Yeah, good. Good example. That's a better yeah. example. Um, I don't I think that Edgar Wright should stick with his instincts on sequels on this. I don't, like I said, think that this is a strong story. The two ways that he sort of hinted that a sequel can go is either to start the character from ground the ground floor again which we already had for the first one and i don't really see as a beginning point for baby since we kind of know where he started now if you've Mm. seen it you know how it ends and you can argue with me that yes it could technically have a fresh start but the other way he suggested that it may go um, which is that if he would go more into the sort of crime realm that he's involved in, just maybe not quite in the same position he was in before. And yeah. I, while I think that would be a better option and may work, I think it would be putting water into wine. I don't think that it would enrich the world. It would just be dragging it out. Uh, I would rather see the same sort of style of film but not necessarily about baby i would rather Mm -hmm. see it kind of like what we had with shauna the dead and hot fuzz use the same actor that's totally fine he's a great actor but tell a different in a different scenario yeah different scenario different angle of that world yes you're gonna lose the magic and the musical element a little bit because he won't be the same character but i think that would be a stronger approach and in a world of so many sequels he stands out from the pack already because he's done something original this year and we've had so many marvel harry potter etc sequels that mm-hmm. he oh, he stands out simply because he is not a sequel and i don't want to see him get dragged into that that world that world yeah i i understand and in respect to edgar wright i think the advice that i would always give him if i were in any position to give anybody <laughs> advice would be go with your gut instinct because that has always worked for you mm-hmm. Do the Cornetto trilogy, do movies like Scott Pilgrim, do movies like Baby Driver. If you have a great idea, go go with it, yeah. flesh it out, take your time. Well, I mean, this one took and 22 years to make, so... Yeah, yeah, and it, it clearly paid off because it's an absolutely fantastic and movie. And I mean, this is Sony, Don't, right? So they're obviously desperate for sequels because their Spider-Man world isn't quite working out, so... Yeah, and Amy Pascal needs to learn how to shut her mouth. But uh, <laughs> that's just, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just in respect to Edgar Wright, yeah, honestly, dude, just if you want to make a sequel, do it because it's right, do it because you have a good idea, do it because you, you've been such a fan pleasing director mm-hmm. you know exactly you know you, you you play 
to them by giving them good content you don't make movies because they're good business decisions you do it because you love the art of film and that clearly shines through every single element that goes into making a film whether it's your cinematography probably my favorite uh type like the movie the cinematography in scott pilgrim um scott pilgrim uh World's End, mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz, probably some of my favorite cinematography in any movie. I mean, and not to the mention music, the action coming at it from an editor's perspective. He uses absolutely he uses the art of filmmaking to tell his story and tell the comedy. I will recommend. I think I've recommended it before. There's another YouTube channel that I love. It's called Every Frame of Painting, and they do an he does an analysis video about Edgar Wright's comedy editing style, and it's superb. Watch. Edgar Wright's films, watch that video, and then just fall in love again with how much, how talented Edgar Wright is. Two words. Zoom in. Because <laughs> so, he does that better than anybody else does. Yeah. So anyways, if yeah, if Baby Driver 2 does happen, I, I think Sam and I will throw our full support behind yeah. him because it's Edgar Wright and he has yet to disappoint mm-hmm. us. And speaking of directors that have yet to disappoint oh, us... Wow, I'm just I'm just I'm just on point yeah. today. Go ahead, Sam. You're the one that picked out the story. So I'd love to hear what you thought. We are up talking about the infamous Christopher Nolan, who most recently Infamous. <laughs> infamous. He's 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 pretty infamous. Who most recently has done Dunkirk, which is a World War Two film that I don't think has come out yet. It's coming out shortly though, isn't it? Uh, next yeah. week. So next week, be sure to see that. He's also, for those of you who don't really know what Dunkirk is, he is the mastermind behind the Dark Knight series that uh, was the highlight so far, in my opinion, of the Batman series. Anyways, mm. we are talk- not talking about the Cape Crusader here. We are talking about an English spy, namely Mr. James Bond, Mr. 007. And Christopher Nolan has come out and said that he would direct a James Bond film if he was needed. Now, it's interesting because currently the next James Bond film, number 25, apparently, uh, who is he's yet to be titled or even have a director attached, uh, is looking for somebody to helm this series. And Christopher Nolan is good friends with the producers and has said that he's enjoyed watching their work so far. But since the director of the past two films is no longer attached they are kind of looking for someone else and i will add Mm. as an interesting sort of side bit we had a story a while ago about daniel craig who swore and even kind of insulted the james bond series and said that he would never do it again well fun fact apparently money does talk and he's now signed on for this or not officially but it's pretty heavily rumored that he signed on for this 25th james bond film to finish yeah. out, I guess, maybe his string of them and then hopefully probably find another James Bond. So what do you think, Max, that a Christopher Nolan-directed James Bond movie would look like? Um, I'm not entirely sure that I'm for it. Yeah. Which is interesting because, you know, Christopher Nolan, I don't think there's ever been a movie that he's made that I don't think is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Whether you talk about movies like Memento, the highly underrated Insomnia, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy... I think Interstellar, people downplay how much genius is in that movie. I think that movie is absolutely fantastic. And some people will say that it's probably the worst of his movies. I highly disagree. But in, in respect to doing a, a, a franchise movie like James Bond, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is, you know, it's a genre movie that's often associated with summer blockbusters like the Marvel, like the Harry Potter type yeah, of stuff. Mission Impossible, yeah. that kind of thing. 
you know, and people sort of fantasize about directors like him or a director like Quentin Tarantino, for example, directing. Everybody wants Quentin Tarantino to direct everything. <laughs> I don't know. Let's say Quentin Tarantino directing a Daredevil movie or mm. something like that. It's just like, oh, how cool would that be? Well, I don't know because Quentin, like a director like Quentin Tarantino, he has such a distinct style mm-hmm. and he always only wants to do movies that he wants to do where he's not sort of. Uh, constrained by corporate creative control, which, you know, in in some respects is absolutely understandable because, look, it's Kevin Feige's vision that has given us the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have, and it's his uh, restraining of the directors in some ways to do what he needs them to Mm -hmm. do that has provided us with all these fantastic films. But in respect to Christopher Nolan, he has always done films that he wants to do. Um, you know, whereas any a lesser director, if a lesser director were to take on uh, Batman Begins when it first came out, for example, I would imagine that the studio would try to force them to change their story around a little bit so they could set up a cinematic universe that had uh, Superman and magic and stuff like that. Whereas a guy like Christopher Nolan, the gravitas that's behind his name, firmly said, no, I want my Batman to be, feel grounded without any uh, gods or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's for that reason, I believe that if Christopher Nolan were to take on a James Bond film, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that he might work as well with the execs that have their control on that franchise. Mm-hmm. But... If he, it's it's sort of the same thing with the Edgar Wright situation. If he had a really great idea of how to tell a really cool, innovative James Bond story, absolutely, I want him to be on that. But if the studios are going to sort of try and constrain him and get him to tell a particular story that they want him to tell, I don't want it whatsoever. Yeah, that makes sense. And he has, in a statement, he said that, and I quote, a Bond movie definitely that he would work on. I deeply love the character. I'm always excited to see what the producers do with it. Maybe one day that would work out. It has to need reinvention. It has to need me. So, Mm. like you say, when he took the Batman story from kind of not really anything that was cinematically sort of modernized and up to date with what people wanted from a superhero film and made it his own and the james bond series in his own word words has been said they're getting along very well so he doesn't think that it's struggling at all and to come in and sort of do what a producer or a studio mandated monitored film would look like like you say it's not his style i didn't i entirely agree yeah yeah i'm just trying to think because you brought up this idea for this story for the show today Mm -hmm. um and ever since then, I've just sort of been thinking, wow, if Christopher Nolan were actually signed on to do a James Bond movie, what the hell would that look right? like? And I'm just thinking, you know, if you go back to movies like the aforementioned Insomnia, mm. which is, set, God, please watch Insomnia. Treat yourself. <laughs> it's some of the best, some of the best storytelling, some of the best acting you'll ever see. Al Pacino, Robin Williams are on point in that movie. I would imagine it'd sort of be a bit like that, where it'd be, <laughs> you'd probably do a James Bond psychological thriller, sort of along the mm-hmm. lines of uh, Jacob's Ladder, except without all the supernatural shit. <laughs> it would just sort of be delving into the darkness that is James Bond. Because if you look at uh, movies uh, most recently, especially with like Casino Royale or Skyfall, where you really investigate the character that is James Bond and how much of a broken person he is, I think you could do some really interesting, innovative storytelling with that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you try to pitch that to Sony, it's like, great, how can we sell that and make that a billion-dollar movie? Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, it's like, well, I'm Christopher fucking Nolan. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know because like I, I don't even know because you can't really sell movies on stars nowadays. Can you do the same with directors? I mean, everybody loves Edgar Wright, but Baby Driver ain't exactly a hundred million dollar movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's true. It it is it is sort of becoming. I mean, I'm sort of happy about it. It's becoming more about if the idea of the story sells people they're more likely mm. to go which is great because that means we i think we kind of talked about this briefly before but that means that big names like harrison ford yes they're good actors but if they attach their names to shitty sounding films people are not going to go see those films or less people are going to go see those films it's it's slowly yeah. becoming a, a writer's world which is finally they've <laughs> they, they certainly deserve it they make all of these these crazy characters and universes and situations and stuff that we just sort of take for granted and give all the credit to the actors and the the directors the front men and and we don't really always acknowledge the the men and women behind the scenes that that create the thing to begin with mm-hmm. but yeah no I, I agree it would it would be an interesting installation in the series but I, th- I think that they would have to be really struggling and need a complete reboot to to bring him on and he's got so many other original ideas that he's doing i mean since the dark knight like you mentioned he's done so many one-off films which we are in very much support of here like the prestige inception interstellar and now dunkirk it's just he's doing what he wants and he's doing it well and that's that's all i could ask from him yeah same thing go with your gut man mm-hmm. um although you know just thinking about it a little bit more even though I'd, I'd still be a bit apprehensive if they did Meant, uh, say that Nolan was being brought on to direct the uh, next Bond movie. It might be appropriate because what we have seen with Nolan throughout the course of his career is that every single movie that he does, it's sort of in a different genre. Mm. Starting all the way back with Memento and Insomnia, those are psychological thrillers, but you go beyond that, uh, you get uh, straight up dramas uh, sort of within the realm of the supernatural and uh, spiritual with the prestige Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Then you get the comic book movies, then you get uh, pure action thrillers and inception yeah. and you get the space movie and it's interstellar maybe doing a spy movie and doing it with the character of james bond can produce something that's really out there something that we would never expect mm-hmm. but you i know, think i think it, he like, could what, do yeah. a really good james bond but i also think an original spy film idea he would have would probably be fucking fantastic like i would i'd be more yeah. into that idea than him sort of picking up where someone else has left off just sort of him starting yeah, from I, ground ground zero <laughs> going from there yeah i ap- i absolutely agree with that anything that's original that's coming from that man's mind i'm all up mm-hmm. for so that's it for the show yes ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for joining us sorry that there wasn't a show last week it was good to do this again um unfortunately i don't think there's going to be a one uh, coming this week because like you heard me say for uh, a couple times during this podcast is that i'm going to vienna i'm going to meet my girlfriend we're going away for a week and that's our Um, when we come back that'll be the whole podcast we won't even talk about movies we'll just talk about max's trip (laughs) uh an audio slideshow for you all no i'm just kidding we'll talk about movies don't worry (laughs) <laughs> not, not safe for work anyways uh just in <laughs> to uh uh what's going to be going on with this uh, channel while i'm away yes. I, I i'm not sure if we mentioned this on the last podcast that we did but yeah sam and i were sort of uh, coming up with an idea of what we could maybe produce for the channel while i'm gone and sam do you sort of just want to yeah tell him what we've been thinking so of? i have always i mean max i wasn't even thinking of this but he said i'm going away would you like to put 
a video that's not necessarily a podcast, but something kind of related to what we talk about. So it's our audience still has something to watch. And so with a roommate, my roommate, we have done a film analysis video on the film The Babadook. Um, which if you've seen the film, you know that it's fantastic and superb. And it's like a, so it's a horror. It's one of the few horror films I think that Max has actually seen, right? Lo- no, I, I, well, yeah, the ones that I yeah. like. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. And so we've, so if you haven't seen it, that's your homework. Watch it, enjoy it, love it. And then I will give Max a video to post on his channel. And that will be posted instead of our podcast for that Weekly week podcast, so yeah. that is what i've been working on which i will hopefully get to him shortly and yeah so look forward to that it's it's something some new form that i've always enjoyed watching and i'm trying to get into that sort of editing style personally so yeah and be mm. sure to watch it and let me know what you think any suggestions comments uh that sort of thing i would love to have feedback on it yeah i can't wait to see that particular video and guys just to echo what sam just said i don't like horror movies at all just because i don't find myself being scared by most horror movies watch the babadook it's so damn yeah. good I, I i'm absolutely blown away that that movie wasn't as recognized as it was in the year that it came out especially for the uh the lead actress in that movie i wanted to see her get an oscar nomination because mm. she was just that good yeah, she's very good you know anyways that'll do it for us ladies and gentlemen uh we will be doing this when i come back i promise it's such a cathartic thing for me to do at the end of every week especially with sam who is as big a fan of movies as i am Mm -hmm. but before we go we got to just do the usual housekeeping sam do you want to tell people where they can find you and the podcast online sure uh if you're looking for my personal stuff you can find me right here on youtube just sam antics if you want to follow me socially you can find me on instagram and twitter sammy s-a-m-i-e i am and then you can find the both of us at take it to the max movie podcast that's both on soundcloud and itunes if you like to listen to us on the go don't forget tinder (laughs) um i'm less on tinder now but um I've, i've sort of taken a break from it it's 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 mentally exhausting to be on that app for so long. <laughs> yeah, you know, to put your finger on the screen and then swipe left uh, or swipe right. It's remember. more like you have the same. Com- it's, it's sorry, this is a conversation I have a lot, but it's it's more like this. You have the same conversation over and over and over, and you just meet new people. Like you want to, I want to meet people in person, but I don't leave the house, and so I use Tinder. <laughs> so that is that is the struggle that I live with. But yeah, that's that's where yeah, you can find I, take it, the podcast and myself. So, I just sorry to make you elaborate on that. I was just trying to make a joke. I, I, I don't I don't use Tinder. Uh, well, I, I mean, you I, don't need to. I, You're going to Vienna to see your your, your lady friend. That's true. Yeah. Uh, let's go with that. <laughs> so anyways, you can just go, you can find me on all the various forms of social media. Just add Max Derrett. That'll do it for us. And until next week, don't tell my girlfriend. Bye bye. Adios.